This is the Getsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the Getsy Health Podcast. That was, was dramatic. Why? Hi, everybody. <laughs> no, you did like a hand signal. So I'm like, oh, are we stopping? Are we redoing this? I don't know what my hands are doing. Okay. They just float in the air when I'm talking. Oh. <laughs> Well, welcome back. Welcome Hi, everybody. Back. Welcome. Thank you for tuning in today as we awkwardly do our intro. Um, so we just got back from vacation, which is- We're still in vacation mode. Not an excuse. And, oh, no, it is an excuse. It's totally an excuse. It's a reason. There's a difference. I, <laughs> I still wish I was on a beach right now. I totally did just tune out, though, that last that week. It was amazing. It was so nice. It was nice. And now we're back and we're looking at our calendar for the coming week where we're making up for what we missed. We're and sweating a little bit. We're, we're sweating a little bit, which is why this will be a really nice break for us. Right. Because we can get on our soapbox and just start rambling, rambling for an hour <laughs> and it'll be fun. Exactly. We'll feel refreshed. For us. <laughs> we don't know about <laughs> you guys. Hopefully for you. But what are we talking about today? We're talking about um, The meats. We're talking about animal products, you guys, and this isn't going to be like a we're bashing vegans or we're back bashing uh, carnivore people. Um, this is just spouting information on what we know and what we've researched. Mm -hmm. And um, because here's the thing, there is no perfect diet for anyone out there. Right. None. I was actually just listening to a podcast on a 12 year fruitarian and I was like, that's really great that it works for you. That's amazing. You feel amazing on it. But how many people have tried fruitarianism and like almost died? When I lived in Ukraine, there was a newspaper article about a breatharian. Oh, gosh. Who had that literally, according to the newspaper article, this individual had survived for 20 years by eating oh. the sun. Oh, yes. Yeah, sun gazers. I've heard of that. Yeah. They, they watch the sun go down and, and that's their food. And that's their, that's their food. I don't know. I don't know. You guys, Here's I'm not, I'm not dissing that. It just yes. breaks my brain. That's all. So, so I do want to preface this episode and say, this is what we have learned. This is what we've seen in our clinical setting. Um, this, what we, and we're going to explain why we recommend what we do. Um, but again, it's not for everyone. Does it work for a lot of people? Yes, absolutely. Does it work for everyone? No. no. Um, you are the expert in your body. No one else. I'm not the expert. Tristan's not the expert. We're just here to help you educate and get all the tools and information so you can come up with your own educated decisions. Right. And on the flip side of that, just because you or someone you know is an exception to what we talk about today doesn't automatically make us wrong. Right, exactly. Because as we've already pointed out, there are people of all walks of life, all nutritional inclinations that thrive on what mm -hmm. they're doing. But what we are trying to provide here and what we generally try to do is give a good general approach to good health. Mm -hmm. The things that have generally worked quite well through right. the history of humankind. Yep. And what we have tried to sift through, through 
heaps of crappy research to find some golden nuggets because if you guys haven't listened to our research podcast, please do. Um, you it's, can it's, find, our, it's our least popular episode ever. It's so fun. I don't know why. It was so fun to I record. worked so hard on that one. It was such a good episode. Oh but my it, gosh. But it is, it's, it's, it's hard because it's not directly relevant. Like how many people out there are really going to dive into the research? I don't blame you for not doing that. You have stuff to do. You've got yeah. kids to raise, jobs to work at, but fun things to spend your time on. But this is the thing is you can find a research paper to support every opinion out there, right. every single opinion. Right. So what's true, you yeah. know, and, and what they aren't telling you is the story you need to know, mm-hmm. which is what we do, which yes. we, and our mentors have done and the schools that, because I don't know if a lot of you know this, but Tristan and I are currently in school and we probably will be until the day we die. <laughs> and so, so all of our um, professors and educators and doctors that are teaching our classes, them and their colleagues do this same kind of super sleuthing. And we all kind of mm-hmm band together and share information. And so, um, so that's kind of fun, but, um, but we don't expect you to spend, I don't know, 20 plus hours a week doing research. Um, that's why we created a podcast so we can just kind of give you the bullet points. Yeah. So, so so we're kind of asking you to trust us. If you do decide, if you do decide to do your own research, go listen to that episode. Yes. You, you need to educate yourself before you educate yourself. Exactly. Or you're going to get miseducated. Exactly. So, um, so let's go back to our topic today. Uh, talking about animal meat, consuming animal meat, animal products. If you follow me on Instagram or Tristan on Instagram, you haven't been on a lot lately, (laughs) but, um, I regularly, um, recommend bone broth, um, organ complex, which has liver and heart and kidneys in it. Um, we always talk about eating snout to tail. Um, we, I've spoken in the past about how, um, the, um, the native American Indians would actually, when their women were infertile, they would actually feed the um, ovaries of bears to those women to help them fall pregnant. Now, back in the day, the organs were the the cream of the crop. Mm-hmm. It, it, the white meats, the brown meats, that was just, that was the dirty food. And now it's completely switched around yeah. where we won't, like, we gag at the thought of eating these other organs. Whereas that is actually, I was listening to those people on that podcast where they were talking about these people in the twenties and thirties that all they did was eat meat mm-hmm. and they never developed scurvy. Um, and the, the guy who was interviewing was like, well, how did they get their vitamin C? And he's like, well, they were obviously eating the organs. And it's mm-hmm. like, yes, the organs have a very broad spectrum of vitamins and minerals that we miss from the meaty part. Right. And so go ahead. Yeah. Well, no, I'm, I'm trying really hard not to go off on a tangent when it comes to vitamin C because it's such a fascinating concept. Mm-hmm. Vitamin C is abundant in meat, but it's very fragile. Mm-hmm. So it tends to break down quickly when it gets heated. Mm-hmm. So, so generally speaking, meat is a terrible source of vitamin C. Right. But there's some speculation that people who eat a heavy meat diet, like the carnivore people, Mm -hmm. they develop a high absorption rate of vitamin C. I've never heard of that. There's, I don't know that there's any research to support it yet. It's speculation based on the fact that there are people now who have been doing carnivore for a couple of years and they show no signs of, of deterioration in the way of vitamin C. Right. Who knows that 
we'll do another episode in two years when maybe they've looked into it and we'll update you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, but, but what was I saying? Oh, go ahead. Um, yeah. So you were talking about meat and things. Oh, so you think so. <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> I thought you were going to keep going. No, no, that, that was me not going on a tangent. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, so yes, I do recommend these things. Um, and I want to talk about more of the why, why, um, why do I recommend a lot of bone broths and organ complexes to people? One, uh, because interest and feel free to jump in whenever, but mm-hmm. one, because the majority of people that come to me are actually very ill mm-hmm. and they've been ill for a long time. Right. They have a lot of hormonal imbalances and uh, with a lot of our hormones, we actually need um, uh, steroids. We need uh, cortisol, uh, mm-hmm. cholesterol, sorry. That's the word I'm looking for. Right. We need so, cholesterol, which turns into steroids, which turns into hormones. So so hormones generally require cholesterol, mm-hmm. right? And in order to get cholesterol, our body produces most of it actually, Yep. but we get a, a decent amount of that, like 25% of it from our, our yeah. animal products. And, and, and let's go back to the person who's sick. Yes. Our body produces most of it. What if they have a sick liver because mm. your liver actually produces most of it. Right. And so if you're looking at an athlete who has a healthy body, Yes, they would be totally fine doing less animal protein. It's like the game changers, right? Well, Th- those people, and that's a whole different mm-hmm. subject for another time. But a healthy person doing lots of plant-based stuff, raw food, is going to have a very, very different experience to an unhealthy person who can't digest fibers, who mm-hmm. can't digest raw foods, who is having a hard time with the lectins mm-hmm. in plant-based foods. Mm-hmm. And so, and they need absorption fast and they need high density minerals and vitamins really fast. Those are the types of people that I'm like, okay, we need a little bit more animal based stuff in your diet to help heal you. Now I do want to make a very clear distinction. Not once have I said, take out the vegetables. All right. What is the common denominator with all of, with medical medium, with, with, like the paleo diet Mm -hmm. with, you know, with all of these diets, Mm -hmm. the common denominator is keeping the vegetables there. Lots and lots and lots of it. One exception. Who? Who? Uh, Well, okay. What's the exception? Two two exceptions. Two exceptions. One of them is potentially this carnivore diet. Yes, exactly. That's one exception. Seems to be working for some people. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't really call that an exception because we don't have enough data yet. Right. These people are making themselves guinea pigs. And so far, it seems to be working So far, for so good. But we won't know what happens 20 years from now for another 18 years. We have no years, idea. Right? Um, but the other exception is they actually, there was one study, I think it was done like 12 years ago, where they found that cutting out fiber mm-hmm. actually resolved some very difficult digestive issues mm-hmm. in some people. In some people, yeah. In, in, right. In, in this group that they studied, they found that cutting out fiber seemed to be very helpful. Now there were definitely issues with the methodology in it, but there is something to be said for that. In, for instance, a SIBO situation, exactly. right? Small intestinal bacterial overgrowth mm-hmm. where you're constantly feeding those bacteria that are where they're not supposed to be right. with, your fiber, with your fiber, certain types of fiber at least. Mm-hmm. And then that makes it difficult. So going off of it temporarily yeah. does help, Yep. which isn't to say you need to go carnivore, but, mm-hmm. but that so. that's the same 
thing with probiotics too. A lot of people do really well with probiotics and some people take probiotics and they feel as sick as dogs and it's because they probably have SIBO, you know? So again, it's not a one size fits all. Um, Again, going back to who are the people that we talk with a lot, they're very ill. Mm -hmm. And most of them, I would say nine out of 10 people have digestive issues. And so part of what we recommend is to really nurture the gut Mm -hmm. is to really get efficient absorption, maximum absorption, Mm -hmm. and you get maximum absorption of your amino acids actually from animal protein. So someone who is very sick, that maximum absorption will either make or break them. Mm -hmm. You know, like we want the fastest amount of healing um, with the least amount of food. And so that's why we recommend bone broths. That's why we recommend organ complexes and not all of these complex hybridized vitamins and Mm -hmm. synthetic vitamins and all that kind of stuff. And if you've followed any of the kind of vegan proponents, uh, maybe that's not the right term to use the whole food plant-based proponents like Dr. Gregor, right. Of Mm -hmm. nutrition facts. He actually recommends as a a matter of course that you take a vitamin D supplement every day and a vitamin B12 supplement every Mm day. And that to me is very telling, right? Mm -hmm. That, that always frustrated me when I was eating a vegan diet because it didn't make sense that we would have to supplement. Right to have the optimal diet, right? right? That we didn't have the ability to supplement for thousands of millions or however long people mm-hmm. have been around, right. yet they were figuring it out. And as far as I can tell, they were doing pretty well as long as they didn't get like slashed to death by an enemy or a saber tooth dagger. I don't know, right. whatever killed people back then, right? Yeah. Uh, probably a virus. So, so having to do that to keep yourself going now, having mm-hmm. to take a synthetic supplement or really even a, a whole food based supplement on a long-term basis to prevent uh, nutrient deficiency. Right. That doesn't seem right. 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 And we already live in an extremely nutrient depleted society. Even right. when you are eating tons of fruits and vegetables, yes. the nutrient density and concentration is like one eighteenth or one sixteenth of what it used to be 50 years ago. Our soil is so depleted. So we have less minerals in our food, Mm -hmm. which is why we have to supplement with minerals and Mm -hmm. put it in our water Mm -hmm. um, or take stuff like shilajit Mm -hmm. or um, what else is it that we take? Uh, That's about it. The, Mm -hmm. the, either the minerals or the shilajit or the combination of both. That kind of helps to replenish the Mm -hmm. minerals that we're not getting from the soil. Right. You know, um, of course, the best option would be to fix your soil in your own backyard I know. and start a little garden. Who has of your time own. for that? Well, right? well, no one does. And so that's why supplementation tends to be a thing. Right. Speaking of time, when you are very sick, you don't really have a lot of time, nor no. do you have a lot of energy to exactly. go through and completely rehabilitate the entire food chain going right. into your house, right. which is why animal products can be the fastest way back to healing, getting what your body needs so it can heal itself. Exactly. Right. That is our philosophy of healing is mm-hmm. that the body knows how it just needs the right building materials. Exactly. So we strive to provide those in the most efficient way possible mm-hmm. and then get out of the way. Right. And kind of, I want to circle back to the whole carnivore diet thing where the reason why people are having so much success with it is probably because of gut dysbiosis maybe because of SIBO. Mm -hmm. And so, um, SIBO, um, (laughs) I don't know why I said it like that. And now I've lost my train of thought. Spanish term for it. There's SIBO. (laughs) 
But <laughs> down south, they call it SIBO. SIBO. La SIBO. Yeah. Anyway, um, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. I forgot what I was talking about. No, Thanks. <laughs> you were talking about carnivore diet. It helps oh. because potentially what right. they have going on is SIBO, right. which is preventing well, them from absorbing nutrients. Or they, or like I said before, gut, dis- like they can't digest anything. Mm-hmm. And so we have to go back to most absorbable, easily digestible fixing your digestive tract, like Mm -hmm. taking the burden off of that again. How did we even get there? We did an episode about how we got to such dysfunctional gut Mm -hmm. uh, function, but to quickly sum it up for you, the standard American diet, Mm -hmm. which I love that the, 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 the SAD, the standard American mm-hmm. diet spells out sad. The acronym is sad. The, sad. the acronym, thank you. That's what I'm looking for. And it, it is sad. It makes you sad, literally. It depresses uh, it's, people. It's, it's, it is really sad. And it destroys our guts and it destroys our gut biome. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super inflammatory. It causes all kinds of inflammation, insulin resistance. I mean, there's a reason why so many Americans now have heart disease, gallbladders being cut out of them. Um, They have uh, chronic bloat and gassiness. I mean, you name it, we are suffering with it. And, um, and another thing that a lot of these, again, we, we have, we live in a day and age where we have all of these extremely polarizing opinions on nutrition. And we're not talking enough about our very individualized gut biome Mm -hmm. and what works for that, right? Because our gut biome is like a fingerprint. It is so unique to us. Mm -hmm. And so all of us are arguing with each other saying our philosophy is the best, Mm -hmm. our philosophy is the best, but yet it just comes down to what works for your body, right? Mm -hmm. So again, we are sharing with you what we have seen work for the majority of people. Take this information, utilize it, play around with it, you know, see what sticks with you and your healing protocol and kind of go from there. Right. So let's, let's define this sad diet real quick, the standard American diet, because we know that it's terrible. People always talk about how awful the standard American diet Mm -hmm. is, but I don't think people really understand what it is, what it is and what it entails. Because if you ask the average person, Mm-hmm. The first thing they'll mention when you say, "Oh, what kinds of foods go into a standard American diet?" Right. Hamburgers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, is that not going to be the first thing? Maybe hot so. dogs, hamburgers, hot dogs, maybe pizza. Yeah. So, so what exactly is it in the standard American diet that makes it bad for you? Because I think that the misconception is that it's the meat. Yeah. Along with the sugar and all the other stuff, but the when, meat is as much a culprit in the minds of the the uninformed average person. So when I think of the standard American diet, the first thing that comes to mind is breads, pastas, Ah. wheats, you know, processed foods, crackers, pretzels. Mm -hmm. Should I keep going? Um, Chips. Chips. Um, Cheetos. The the coating of your chicken. You know, it's, it's flowers. It's the, it's all of that. So, so I think of, Three major categories that come to mind: mm-hmm. refined grains, yes, for sure, horrible, right? refined grains, and well, drenched in glyphosate. I mean, uh, within reason, right? So, a really good homemade sourdough bread mm-hmm. with 
nothing added to it other than the absolute essentials. With organic grains and right. true yeah. like sourdough not, starter. Not necessarily a problem. Although the no. average person is still going to struggle with those because their gut isn't in the right place. But I, maybe not inherently not, bad Maybe not the average person, but if you're a sick person and maybe that is becoming the average person, The average person right? is sick. Yeah, right. absolutely. So you might have a harder time until you can mm-hmm. heal your body right. to a point where you can start absorbing and utilizing yeah. sourdough bread. But you you go to a grocery store and you look at the bread aisle, you're not going to see much of that. In fact, we realized just like yesterday, how lucky we are, Johnny right. and I, where we live, because we have access to that bread at the local grocery store. Yeah. It's uh, I'm going to say it wrong. Abigail's oven, right? Yes, it's I always Abigail's. call it Angie's oven. No. <laughs> Abigail's <laughs> oven. It, it has like five ingredients. Right. It's the, the sourdough, Starter, yep. right? The salt, the wheat, water, the wheat. Yeah. And that, that's, like, it. that's it. That's, that's it. Literally it. There's nothing else in it. We went to this amazing health food store while we were in mm-hmm. California on vacation. It was like, like Nirvana for right. crunchy, healthy people like us. It was called Mother's Market. Mm-hmm. You may have heard of it if you've spent much time down there or maybe they have it in other states. I don't know. But we went to the bread aisle and I'm thinking, oh, this will be really fun. We'll see what kinds of super. No, it was terrible. Mm -hmm. Every single product on that bread aisle had this enriched, bleached. Well, some of them was unbleached flour, but it was enriched with all of these synthetic synthetic vitamins. Mm -hmm. It was unbelievable. And then there were a good 15 other ingredients added to it. Right. And so, so again, if you are healthy enough to metabolize like organic bread. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, if you love baking, do your sourdough starter, Mm -hmm. bake your bed. But if you're probably someone that's working with us, if you're sick, if you have hormonal imbalances, if you have insulin resistance, we can't do the wheat right now. If you have constipation and or diarrhea, if, if, is this sounding like a Pepto-Bismol advertisement yet? (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, anyway, getting back to the standard American diet. I think that the refined grains are one of the major three categories. Mm-hmm. Number two is the, the industrial seed oils, yep, yes, which turn into trans fats. The PUFAs, the Not, polyunsaturated um, fatty acids. Yeah, they're the, horrible. The, the polyunsaturated fatty acids. Now, when I when we say trans fats, there's actually natural trans fats that occur in meats that don't cause the same problems mm-hmm. that these added trans fats, where they basically hydrogenate these seed oils so that they stay stable Extreme. at room temperature. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I don't know. That's probably too much information, but the fact is that all the sunflower oil, the safflower oil, the soybean oil, mm-hmm. the canola. canola, the the vegetable oil, whatever yep. is in that. Right. All of that is incredibly inflammatory. Incredibly. It just sends inflammation through the roof. Yeah. And what's so crazy about it is that it is marketed as the heart healthy alternative to saturated fats. Mm -hmm. We did a whole episode on that, so we won't dive deeper into that. But the fact is that the the saturated fats have been villainized by basically the sugar industry Mm -hmm. paying off these researchers to make it look like it was the culprit for all these problems. And we're just now starting to realize what a horrible mistake we made. Yeah. Maybe ignoring the wisdom of generations upon generations of our ancestors wasn't Mm -hmm. the best idea when it came to our health. Right. Right. And so, so we've got, there's two categories, right? We have the refined grains. Mm-hmm. We've got these seed oils fats. that are being turned into trans fats, basically, and mm-hmm. then 
putting us on fire when we eat the chips and the basically anytime you eat out, unless you live in Southern California where right. they like will tell you these are the oils we cook with and right. we're going to charge you a hundred dollars for that privilege. Yep. Um, you're, you're getting those terrible oils. Yep. Standard American diet. The third one, sugar. Sugar. Right. It's in, in everything. Everything. In things that it has no business being in. Like bread. Like well, pasta. Yeah, like, like bread. Like, like pasta. I like, mean. Like baby formula. Once again, you, you go to the middle aisles of the grocery store with all the prepackaged, jarred, canned, whatever, boxed foods. Mm-hmm. There's probably sugar thrown in there. Mm-hmm. Go go to the store. Go to the store right now. Pause this. Go to the store and go to the pasta sauce aisle and try to find a pasta sauce that is both organic and does not have any added sugars. It's so hard. We can find one where we live. Mm-hmm. And I can't even remember what it's called, unfortunately. Even. Yeah. But you virtually can't find it. Even the pasta sauce has sugar added to it. Mm-hmm. The ketchup has sugar added to it. And we've said this before, but we'll say it again. It's because it's the most addicting substance on the planet. Mm-hmm. And when you have people hooked to your food, mm-hmm. you have a customer for life. Yeah. It's the perfect business model. Right. And it's coming at our expense. And not only that, but sugar is subsidized in this country. Mm-hmm. Now, what we should be subsidizing are vegetables. Mm-hmm. But well, we are. We're subsidizing corn and soy. Yeah. <laughs> and wheat. Right. So, yeah, so we, we should be subsidizing the produce, right? Right. That part of the grocery store at the back that's always cold and wet mm-hmm. and neglected in most right. places. Right. Um, so you guys, that's, that's, so, so that's our definition of the standard American diet. Those, those, there's probably more to it. I'm sure that there's a lot more to it, but, but really if you can cut out those three things from your daily intake of food, you are going to be a much healthier person Mm -hmm. all the more. So if you do it before you get really sick, right. The people that we're working with for the most part, it's too late for them not in the sense that they can't get better, but it's too late for them to just make simple changes and then have everything fall into place. Right. It takes a lot more work. And I'm saying this as someone who was there, right? Stage four cancer. I couldn't just cut out those foods and then everything goes back to normal for me. Once cancer set in, it's a very sticky son of a gun. Yeah, It doesn't want to go away. So you have to get a lot more intensive, which is why we have the hyperbaric oxygen, why we have the, the ozone sauna, why we have... Yeah. All of that. So, Zach, so don't wait until you get there. Zach Bush actually posted something on Instagram uh, earlier this week. Janik has like this farmer crush on Zach I Bush. Do. He's, he's, oh he's my, this, he's an MD, right? Don't make it awkward because then he'll never come on a podcast. <laughs> it's oh a farmer. It's, it's not a love crush. It's a farmer crush. I tell, like he's, it's an information crush. Like he's, he's so brilliant. It's a, a smart person. Yes. Thing. Yes. Zach, if you're listening, I'm, I'm sorry. He said that. Um, <laughs> no, but he said, so he posted that in the 1940s, one in 16 people were diagnosed with cancer mm-hmm. in the 1970s. It was one in 10. And then today it's one in three. Yeah. However, in men it's one and two. Yeah. And so, um, so something isn't working in our favor guys. Right. And he, Yes. Real quick. There's we have to millions acknowledge. of people screaming. Correlation doesn't equal causation, you guys. And we've gotten better at screening. So we've we're got, catching more cancer I have cases. a lot yeah, of yeah. doctors screaming at me right now being like, um, yeah, but things are different. But you guys like from one in 16 to one in three, like there's something happening here. 
and we're, we're sicker and we have more allergies, more sick people, more problems. There's something that we're being exposed to daily that we haven't recognized yet. And we're hoping you're recognizing it. And it's what you're putting on your plate every single day and microdosing on poison. Yeah. Babe, I mean, are we, is, is it even micro at this point? It feels like it's macro right. dosing on poison, especially when it comes to the sugar. We're right. doing, what is it? 115 pounds a year per person. I, it's something ridiculous it, like it's that. It's insane. It used to be five pounds a year per a year, person. Right. Right. Which mm-hmm. I, I hope is somewhere around what I'm getting. Right. Hopefully less than that, but 115 pounds, the average person. Right. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I, so don't do that. For women, we're supposed to only consume 24 grams of sugar per day and according average, to what uh, is that is that like fda usda Maybe guidelines i'd have to look that up while you're right. talking i'll look it up okay but the average american is getting closer to like 80 to 90 grams a, grams day. a day um some sources uh even guess that it's closer to like 120 and that's average which means that's half average. the people are getting more than that exactly right? exactly so and, that's a lot guys. and we already know that sugar just causes a massive cascade of inflammation and disease and so many hormonal imbalances and liver toxicity and you name it. But we are supposed to be talking about animal protein. So, so (laughs) where does meat fit into the standard American diet? Right. We've just talked about our definition, which doesn't really mention the meat. Right. However, there actually is some kind of a logic behind the idea that, that the meat that people are eating in the standard American Mm -hmm. diet is problematic. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the research yeah. um, around uh, meat and, because there's there's a very famous book called The China Study mm. and it used a lot. What what kind of research did it use mainly for? It, well, it was epidemiological. It, it, yes, epidemiological uh, studies, which mm-hmm. is where they basically ask people a bunch of questions about their health and then a bunch of questions about what they eat. And mm-hmm. then they do correlations to see, oh, people that eat this tend to have this health problem. People right. that eat this don't have this health problem. Right. And they, they try to draw conclusions from it. Yep. And as we explained in our research uh, episode, mm-hmm. research like that is extremely problematic. Mm-hmm. It's there. People report false claims all the time. Um, for instance, uh, a good example is what did you guys eat last week? Can you recall everything you ate? Can you tell me the grams of proteins you ate and the grams of sugar? Yeah. No, but, but let's say I was a researcher and I said, I'm going to study you and I need you to record for me everything you've eaten in the last month. Mm-hmm. Go. Um, how, Sometimes the last year. Yeah. How accurate do you think that's going to be? Right. You know, um, it's, 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 it, it's pretty problematic and yeah. there are so many other factors mm-hmm. that come into play. So what, which amount of research in these books and all these claims accounted for the amount of vegetables people were eating? Because you can cook meat in inflammatory oils, like we've spoken before, and it can be problematic and inflammatory in your body. Or right. you can eat meat in good, healthy fats yeah. and eat it with a bunch of vegetables and have a completely different outcome. Now, remember guys, that common denominator is cooked veggies. It's veggies. It doesn't have to be cooked veggies. It's just veggies in general. You know, people that are, what would have been really, really interesting is if they took health conscious people in general and took the health conscious vegans and the health conscious meat eaters, the omnivores and compared the two. Right. 
Which, I don't to my knowledge, they that haven't done no that before. No one's done that yet. I, I hope if one of you guys are listening, please send over that research if you've read it, because I haven't seen it yet. Right. And let's say it was vegetarians eating eight plus servings of vegetables a day versus omnivores eating eight plus servings of vegetables a day. Right. Let's compare those two people. Yes. Let's com- but don't compare the health conscious vegan to the standard American diet person on this other side, eating meat and right. like fried potatoes. Yeah. That, that, that doesn't, that's two different ballparks right. completely. Mm-hmm. And, but, but we're making our lifestyle decisions mm-hmm. off of this kind of research. And we're saying, therefore meat is bad. Um, yes. When it is prepped as a chicken nugget, right. it is bad. You know, when it is well, like and, uh, deep fried in poofas. And I think bad. we need to talk about the source of the meat too. Oh, that's right? huge. Now, now, once again, the research isn't there. We haven't done the research to really get into the, the nitty gritty about the health differences between these factory farmed meats mm-hmm. and these free range grass fed, mm-hmm. whatever meats, right? But- there's definitely a strong reason to believe there's a big difference between a, a factory farmed chicken that is then soaked in vegetable oil mm-hmm. and covered in bread like substance right. and turned into a chicken nugget versus a free range mm-hmm. organic chicken that ran wild eating bugs and right. whatever plants it came across exactly, and then was turned into a a chicken. You right? know, you know the saying, you are what you eat. Well, you, you are what your food eats too. Yeah. Like what your food is eating is what you're eating. So, and so if they're, if your food is eating corn, mm-hmm. you're eating corn. If your food is being pumped with hormones, you're being pumped with hormones. And how many women out there and men um, have hormonal issues? Right. It's, it's massive. It's like all of them it, these I, days. Hasn't, um, sperm count gone down by like 70% in the last 50 years. Yeah. It's, it's, you guys, we're not talking like five to 10%. If it was like five to 10, even 20%, I'd be like, eh, you know, margin of error. Yeah, no, we're it's 70%. Yeah. Sperm count has gone down 70%. You guys, that's a lot. Like, no wonder we're having, we're, we're having infertility issues in this day and age. It's because the food we're eating is pumped with corn mm-hmm. and which is very inflammatory. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the, like the beef that we're eating is full of hormones. And that, that is an interesting thing that maybe we've talked about this on a different episode, but there's that guy who he analyzes hair samples mm-hmm. to see the mineral content right. in them. And he can make a very good estimation of your diet based on what he sees in your hair. Mm -hmm. And even primarily meat eaters who are eating your, your traditional corn fed beef have like 50% of their diet originated from corn, meaning it has the original components of corn still in it. Yep. Right. And and I don't know how that's affecting us. The research again, hasn't been done on that. It's, it's not there yet. Right. We have a lot of anecdotal evidence around it though. Like tons of people reporting that when they switch their meat sources, they feel better. Yeah. They have less autoimmune issues. Right. You know, and this and we're not talking like tens of people. We're talking hundreds of thousands of people mm-hmm. that are reporting this. Right. Like it's it's a number that you can't ignore. Right. You know. Um right. and so um another issue with um factory farm cows 
is stress hormone, you guys. Cortisol, when they are in these extremely abusive environments, mm-hmm. their cortisol is going through the roof. They're mm-hmm. being slaughtered and then you're eating that. Right. You know, that that's in the produce. And then we wonder why we're so stressed. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's hormone. Hormone, it's, it's a chemical mm-hmm. that we're eating, you know? So we are absolutely what our food eats, what our food experiences. Right. Um, and, you know, we also have to acknowledge the the interplay between the health of our planet mm-hmm. and the health of our own bodies. Totally. Um, we talk about this all the time, right? The soil gut connection, right? but it, it plays into our animal products as well. Totally. And I strongly believe, and maybe this is more of a spiritual pers- perspective than a, a database science perspective, but mm-hmm. I believe that what's good for the planet is good for the person. Right. And, if you ever want to really get into the weeds and have your mind blown, try doing some research on whether it really is better for the planet for us all to go vegan mm-hmm. or vegetarian. Mm-hmm. You'll be surprised at what you find because animals, it turns out are extremely important to the ecological health mm-hmm. of the planet. Right. We rely on them for fertilizer, right? Going away from animal fertilizer was mm-hmm. one of the most destructive things we ever did right. to our soil. Yep. And it is the reason why our soil is so depleted, depleted. now mm-hmm. and why we have less than, what is it, 65 harvests left right. before we can't produce any more food. Yep. And then we're all going to have to go carnivore, I guess. I don't know. No, because the crops are needed for the animals too. We're in trouble, right. basically. Mark Hyman did a Instagram segment on it's not the cow, it's the how. Mm. Yeah. how it's done. Yeah. You know, it's, it, it truly matters how we are farming our protein these days. Yeah. Um, how we are raising that protein, yes. you know, the environment that it's in. And so are we pro animal protein? Um, Absolutely. Yes, yes. Because they're, because it's very easily absorbed, especially by people that are very sick. Um, and it provides a lot of really nutrient dense, uh, it's a really nutrient dense uh, source of amino acids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, again, going back to the organs, the collagen, the bone broths, like it's, it, it's all really, really important. Um, so let's talk about some of the objections that people listening might be experiencing right now. Mm-hmm. They might be thinking in their heads or objections that we've come across in the past when we talk about animal products. Now, keeping in mind that once again, I used to be whole foods, plant-based, right? right. I was vegan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done it twice actually in my life. And so yeah. I'm very familiar with the arguments on that side of it. Yeah. And for a long time, I did subscribe to those arguments mm-hmm. and I changed my mind once I started really doing the research. Yeah. So one of the biggest arguments that people make, Johnny has already addressed, which is, well, we have all this epidemiological research that shows that vegetarians and vegans live longer and they're mm-hmm. healthier. But once again, once we dig into that data, we find that we are not comparing apples to apples. Right. We are comparing a group that is generally a lot more health conscious, the vegan vegetarian group, right? Mm-hmm. People don't just do that for fun. And the majority of vegans and vegetarians are extremely health conscious, yes, you know, absolutely. and they're environmentally conscious it's, too. Yes. There, there's, there's also the moral aspect of mm-hmm. it. There's no question about that, but, but so they're more on mindful. the whole, they are far more likely to care about their health. Yeah. 
And then they're comparing that to everybody else, right? Mm -hmm. This big lumped in group, most of which don't think about their health. Or if they do, it's a very medicalized version of it, which is I get sick, I go to the doctor, I get a prescription, I take my medication and so on, which tends not to be that effective, it turns out. Right. So so we can't compare those two groups, but unfortunately we've never compared properly. Right. And so we can't really say. We have Mm -hmm. our own opinions on how that would go. But Mm -hmm. but you know, I hope that that at least partially addresses that objection that people have. And when you hear people make that argument that well the science shows that vegetarians and vegans live longer, question that. Look into that. Look at the methodology of those studies. You'll find that it is not nearly as convincing as they would have you believe it is. Right. There's that whole like blue zones thing. And I'm pretty sure all the people in those blue zones like drink red wine. (laughs) (laughs) And in my opinion, I don't think alcohol is really healthy for you, but yet they're living until they're like 110. But but let's talk about how alcohol could be part of a healthy lifestyle. I have no idea, to be honest. It helps people to relax. Okay. Right. That doesn't mean that it is the reason they relax, but it certainly is what they use to relax. They could probably replace that with meditation and be even healthier. Right. But the fact is that that's how they're using it. People in blue zones are very rarely binge drinkers or heavy drinkers, but a lot of times, yes, they are regular drinkers, Mm -hmm. at least in small amounts. Right. So, you know, whatever that means. The other thing about that blue zones book is that it didn't, characterize their diets very accurately. Oh, really? No, not at all. In fact, I encourage you to go and look up Sally Fallon Morell's critique of the Blue Zones book. Interesting. She took every single one of those cultures Mm -hmm. that were listed in the Blue Zones book and she went through and broke down what they actually eat and their actual diet. None of them are nearly as vegetarian as the author of the Blue Zones book really? would have you believe. Oh, yeah. scandalous. And then, and by the way, Sally Fallon Morrell, she's like the president of the Weston A. Price Foundation. We're oh. big fans of the Weston Price philosophy. Yeah. Um, but uh, she wrote her own book, which is, I think it's called, I'm going to mess it up, Nourishing Diets or Nourishing, nourishing traditions. traditions. Well, there's she has a whole series of these nourishing traditions. But basically, it's her own Blue Zones book. Mm-hmm. And she looks at all these different cultures who are, are basically living a Weston Price style diet, which is a lot of traditional foods and very heavy in animal products. Mm-hmm. Homegrown animal products. And they're doing so well. They're mm-hmm. so healthy. Mm-hmm. So, so there's... There's nothing to it, basically. This concept of vegetarians live longer and are healthier. It's not about the meat. Right. It's not about the animal products. Mm-hmm. And okay. going back to that common denominator, which is the vegetables. Mm-hmm. You know, are you eating lots of vegetables? Are you eating lots of healthy fats? Mm-hmm. So one thing I want to bring up with you guys too is I, I get a few people that have said, well, when I cut out meat, I felt so much better. And I, I want to bring a few things to your mind uh, to, to think about if you are one of these people thinking of cutting out meat is what did they cut out at the same time? Did they cut out meat and grains? Did they cut out meat and grains and sugar? Did they cut out all processed foods and meat and grains and sugar? Um, because oftentimes when people get to a point where they're so sick, they they make drastic changes. Mm-hmm. And so cutting out the meat is associated with their healing. Yep. And, and what will often happen or what I often see is they will hit a plateau 
where they, they are doing a lot better, mm -hmm. but they still have a lot of health issues that they're trying to fine tune. Mm -hmm. And it's really hard to communicate with them because for me, for someone like me, it's as clear as day what the issue is. Mm -hmm. um, now, I do want to bring this to your guys's, uh, your the forefront of your thought process when you are going through your own healing journey is what does your digestion look like? Because if you have low hydrochloric acid, if you have indigestion with protein, then if, if you are stressed, you have low hydrochloric acid in your stomach and hydrochloric acid is vital for breaking down protein. So let's say you're, you're having indigestion. You can't break down proteins. Um, you are having inflammation as a result. And then you cut out wheat and sugar and gluten and dairy and animal protein and things are working beautifully again. Okay. Now you're, you, you've, that's a good starting point, mm -hmm. but is it possible to heal your gut and then reintroduce that meat again and mm -hmm. help you heal and absorb things faster and better? Yeah. Um, that's something worth circling around back to right. if this is you, or if this is someone that you know, that has gone down this road and they have received benefit from going vegan, but they're still not quite there. Their well, hormones aren't there. You know what else happens when people cut out meat? is they replace it with vegetables. They do. How um, often does someone say, you know, I need to get healthier. I'm going to cut out meat and replace it with chips. Right. They don't do that for the most part. They oh. say, well, I'm not going to eat meat anymore. So mm -hmm. I should probably get some vegetables, right? right? I'm going to start replacing that with whatever else there is. It's, mm -hmm. it's going to be broccoli. It's going to be cauliflower exactly. and squash. And, and those vegetables are super good for you. Exactly. So yes, of course you experience a bump, exactly, especially in the short term. Totally. But like Jeanique said, you hit a plateau at some point and you can't, you can't progress anymore and you don't understand why. Right. It's usually that. Like, or, and a small thing that you could incorporate again is like the desiccated organ complex, mm -hmm. you know, like just start with that and see how it does. And then maybe reincorporate some bone broth yeah, or um, some ghee or whatever, um, just small things like that. And again, you guys heal your gut because if you were sick, it's probably because your gut was torn to shreds by your standard American diet. Mm -hmm. If you were sick, it means your digestion wasn't working efficiently because it's been abused for so many years. Yeah, and so heal your gut. Otherwise you, if, if, because you aren't what you eat, you are what you absorb. And if your yeah. gut is not healed, you're not absorbing, you're yeah. not healing and repairing. You're going to continue to age at an accelerated rate. Yeah. How many people have we worked with that they've been eating this stellar diet for years oh, and know. they're emaciated and mm -hmm. they feel terrible. Yep. And they have chronic diarrhea. Mm -hmm. They absorb nothing. Nothing. And so you have to fix the gut. Mm -hmm. You have to do it. And for for most people that we work with, we put them on a few digestive enzymes, fix their hydrochloric acid, and they're like, oh my gosh, my digestion is 75% better. Mm -hmm. Like within weeks. It's amazing. Right. You know, some cases obviously are a little bit more complex, mm -hmm. but for the majority of people, it's just fixing and fine tuning some digestive distress and helping your body absorb things better. And then right. things work so beautifully. And then the hard part is just being patient because mm -hmm. it takes time. It right? ta yes. We're not using medication. We're not right. shortcutting the process at the expense of side effects. We're using the laws of nature. We are. And, and, and nature will not slow. be rushed. Mm -mm. Nature will do things in her own time. Exactly. And, and so, and that again, 
this is what works for mm-hmm. us. This is what we have seen work over and over again. Exactly. We're not, we're not proclaiming it as the no. one true way gospel truth that you have no choice but to follow or be in terrible health for the rest of your life. Exactly. But if you don't know where to go, if you have no idea what you should be doing, Mm -hmm. this is what we've seen work over and over and over again. Right. So it's a good bet. It's a good starting point. Um, I want to give you guys an example of, there's a book I'm reading called The Mind-Gut Connection or the... I think that's right. Anyways, and he talks about, um, it's, it's an incredible book, and he talks a lot about how the gut biome in your stomach was uh, designed to help eke out every like little inch of calorie for you to survive on back in the day when, you know, food was sparse. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that's how I kind of view protein when you are sparse or like nutrition and you're not healing. Animal protein ekes out that extra little oomph for you to help you heal a little bit faster, a little bit quicker, Mm -hmm. absorb better versus going to synthetic vitamins, which you might not be able to metabolize because your GI tract is so torn up. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I just thought the comparison of like your microbiome, you know, helping like to create an extra hundred calories a day that potentially kept you alive a few thousand years ago, and then animal protein to today, eking out that extra bit of B vitamin to help heal your gut or that extra bit of vitamin D from cod liver oil to help your immune system function and regulate properly. Um, You know, it's when you are ill, every little bit counts. And so that's why we don't put everyone on a vegan diet because um, I didn't talk about this earlier, but look up the DIAS score, you guys, it's D-I-A-A-S. And it actually compares the absorb, uh, the absorbability of animal protein or animal um, sources of protein to plant-based proteins. And you'll see that actually animal animal sources of protein are more highly digestible and absorbable to plant-based proteins. Mm -hmm. Again, if your digestion sucks, that score is all that much, it's that much more important that you are absorbing a more absorbable protein. Yeah. And, and this isn't really about the protein, but the B12 that you mentioned a minute ago, I've done a lot of blood chem analyses in the last couple of years. Yeah. And one thing that I see over and over and over again, especially in people that have been sick for a long time is B12 deficiency. Yeah. Here's the thing though. You can test your serum B12 levels and it'll show that you're fine. Mm-hmm. Even though your tissue B12 levels, the, the, access your body has to B12 is yeah. really low. Yeah. And there are other signs that will point towards B12 deficiency. Um, I actually won't go into them because they're super nerdy. But mm-hmm. but the fact is that I see usually like four or five of these indicators. Anyone who's done one with me will be able to verify that. Yeah, he talks about B12 a lot. Mm-hmm. You cannot get it from any source other than animal products. Mm-hmm. There was There was... One, I, I don't remember if it was a documentary or if it was a, an article claiming that there was a group of vegetarians, vegans, I think, that, that yeah. were B12 sufficient without any kind of supplementation. Yeah, They went back later to check and found out these people were fertilizing their crops with their own poop. Oh, and so they were getting it from their poop. From yeah, the bacteria. because so B12 comes from bacteria. Yeah. And when you supplement with it, it's, it's coming from bacteria, mm-hmm. right? But- that bacteria, it does all of its work in your gut. Yeah. And so then 
you know, you, you get your food down in your gut, the bacteria create all this B12. Some Mm -hmm. of it absorbs, some of it exits with your poop. Right. And then if you are fertilizing your crops, fertilizing your crops, they're really high in bees. I don't necessarily recommend doing that, but, um, but yeah, it, it, it actually was helping these people to get their B vitamins. So if, if you want to be vegan, then fertilize your crops with their no, own poop. That's, don't do that. Don't, <laughs> that's the takeaway for the day. super snarky. <laughs> um, but, but that goes back to uh, the argument, well, if cows are getting enough B vitamins from their grass, then uh-huh. so can we. No, it's actually the bacteria in their guts. Yeah. Their bacteria is creating that B vitamin and a healthy cow has healthy bacteria. And, and by so the way, it's th- making tons of B vitamins. The bacteria are making the proteins too. Yes. This is, this yes. is something I never knew about cows and protein that blew my mind was what they're doing is they're eating all this plant protein Mm -hmm. and it's going into like their seven stomachs. How many stomachs is it for? There's a lot of stomachs. I stopped counting it too, (laughs) but, um, but it basically it becomes bacteria food and it sits in there. It ruminates, right. Mm -hmm. And the bacteria eat it up and then they actually are the cow food. The cows live off of the bacteria. They're digesting the bacteria. That's so cool. It is. It's so cool. Mm-hmm. And then we, when we eat the cows mm-hmm. and the other animals, we benefit from that by right. getting the protein without having to eat pounds upon pounds uh, of bacteria. plant protein, mm. well, plant product, oh, yeah, and then yeah. letting our own guts turn it into protein, right? Does that make sense? Yes. So we're basically, we have this middleman mm-hmm. and it's not an unnecessary middleman. It is a very, very necessary middleman. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the, I think it's the USDA recommendations for protein intake are, what is it? 0.8 grams per okay. kilogram yeah. of weight. Yeah. But what they're finding when they actually dig in on the research again, when they really look closely, they find it's more like you need a full gram of protein per kilogram of body oh, weight. It's a lot. It's a lot of protein. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really hard to do. Yeah. And have bioavailability, what Jeanique was talking yeah. about with that DS score. Mm-hmm. and and be able to meet all of your body's needs. Right. And if our body isn't having enough protein, if it's not getting enough access to that, mm-hmm. it's going to struggle in all the ways. Yeah, exactly. And you know what's interesting is every time I do my hair analyses, I see two main groups of people that are struggling with protein synthesis. And the first is obviously vegans. Like proteins always show up, always, mm-hmm. every single time. I've only had one case where it didn't. I did. I did four of these analyses the year that I was vegan, mm-hmm. and, and every single every one of them. Every single one. Yeah. And also people who are um, aging. So yeah. if you are late thirties, forties, fifties, like the older. <laughs> Am I aging? I, I guess I'm so. late thirties, and I'm like. Well, the- I, I don't want to be like rude. <laughs> be like it's only people in their fifties. No, but, but the like, older you get, the older you like the. Older people that I do their hair analyses, protein synthesis always shows up. Why do you think that is? Because they're aging and so their healing is slower. Mm -hmm. Their body's ability to absorb is slower too. Mm -hmm. I mean, as we age, even our gastric juices are are less and less and less. See, that would be one of my first guesses Mm -hmm. is that- our stomachs stop producing enough hydrochloric well, they acid. Get tired. <laughs> they, and we're stressed right. and yeah. we're super stressed. The, the accumulated stress of life and then mm-hmm. just the natural process of aging. So we're not it's, breaking down proteins mm-hmm. very well, which means we're not able to utilize them. Right. Exactly. And so, and so, um, Oh, and another, uh, 
body of people are athletes. They always show up with protein synthesis, even though they're like, I'm eating tons of protein shakes. I'm like, that's a problem. Yeah. So why? What What's the deal with protein, protein powder versus like protein from an animal? Well, you know, you want me to talk about it or do you want to talk about I it? I mean, either one of us can. So, so here's my issue with protein powders. Mm-hmm. It's that they are basically a processed food. Extremely right? processed. We just spent mm-hmm. 10 minutes earlier in this episode railing against processed foods in the right. form of these trans fats and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But it, it happens on the protein side of things too. Yeah. So, so protein theoretically, yeah, theoretically, yeah. these protein powders, whey protein is one of the most bioavailable sources of protein out there. I have an issue. Okay. So we're going to talk about whey protein in a separate episode, a dairy episode. Okay. All right. Um, but, All right. but keep going. We'll briefly brush up on it. But, but in my opinion, which I'll be honest, I don't have the strongest research backing in this claim. It's more mm-hmm. of my personal hunch. I don't think that that protein powder is doing us nearly as much good as real animal protein. It's totally not. By the time it's gone through that full process mm-hmm. and the multiple steps of the process, you should look up how they make this protein powder. It's, it's disgusting. Insane. It's insane. It's Highly it, it doesn't it doesn't resemble the original thing whatsoever. Right. So as far as I can tell, we are mutating and deforming these proteins into a shape that is not anything close to where it started. No. And that's important because the shape of proteins is what makes them function. Exactly. Well, it goes even earlier in the process because the majority, I I would say probably 99.9% of whey proteins are obviously from conventional milk, even if it's organic. So So organic milk has been pasteurized. Natural whey, you guys, if you just leave raw milk to sit on a counter it will ferment and then the whey will actually naturally separate itself from the raw milk. Mm -hmm. Now, conventional milk, if you just let it ferment, you are not getting any separation of whey from the milk. Like the proteins are not separating. Is that from the pasteurization or the homogenization? It's probably from both. I mean, they always do both, right? It's heated. So so it's, so any kind of conventional milk, Mm -hmm. if it is not raw, Mm -hmm. you will not get that separation. So what do they do? They use a, I think it's a chemical mm-hmm. to, to pull out the whey mm-hmm. from that uh, milk protein or solid or something like that. And so it's, it's already been damaged in the beginning. That's why it's not separating. Mm-hmm. And now we are extracting right. artificially this already damaged protein and hydrating it and calling it a whey protein and mm. saying that it's healthy for us. No, you guys, whey protein is this yellow kind of, I, it's this yellow substance. It doesn't taste like chocolate. It, it, no. <laughs> it tastes a little bit like watery sour cream. And um, mm. I know, right? Yeah. And so if you want real whey, buy raw milk mm-hmm. and just let it ferment mm-hmm. and you will see that separation. And then you can take that whey and throw it in your smoothies. Yeah, And, and there's and, your whey protein. And that, by the way, is going to be super good for you. Super healthy. As long as you and can so handle the, the dairy. so good for your microbiome. Right. Like, oh my gosh, the bacteria in that is unbelievable. And yeah. this is what they did hundreds of years ago. The other issue with protein powders that I think is really important to point plant-based out. Plant-based or whey? I mean, all protein powders, but it gets even worse when you move to the plant-based side of things. Yeah. That's contamination. How so? Oh, like heavy metal contamination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's actually, it's worse than we realize. Um, the Clean Label Project mm-hmm. took 
tons and tons of these different protein powders and tested them for contamination in the form Mm -hmm. of heavy metals. And it was almost ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. The, the, the whey proteins I think were actually the best. They were actually better than the, um, Organic and inorganic. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Organic was worse than inorganic protein powder when it came to. And I can't seem, I can't figure out why, but what we know is what they're doing is they're taking massive crops of plant-based protein, Mm -hmm. uh, plant of plants Plants, and like massive, massive. And then we are extracting the protein from that. Mm -hmm. And again, it's, it's an unnatural process, Mm -hmm. right? Um, this wasn't something our bodies were really designed to do or to ingest. And so what Tristan and I try to preach is always move away from the synthetic artificial, um, processed man-made foods yes it's from a plant but it's it's man-made yes you know eat real food that's that's really what it comes down to eat real food Mm -hmm. and slow food is always better right right there it's just not common that you find a very convenient food that is also very good for you right Um, so that takes us to collagen powders. How do we feel about that? Um, you guys, we're kind of on the fence with it because I, we, I've been saying for months, I'm going to actually get a bunch of collagen powders and and get them third party tested, um, for heavy metals. I don't think anyone has done that yet. Not that we've Um, come across. Not that we've come across. If someone has, please send them our way. Um, but, but the thing about collagen protein powders is it's less processed than the plant-based and the whey. Right. And so that's what we recommend to people when they want a, a, a protein uh, sourced yeah. whatever. And, and collagen has all kinds of purported benefits for mm-hmm. hair, skin, nails, gut, brain. Yes. Right. Did I nail it all? Yes, you did. Thank you. Yep. And so, so if, if you want, and I get, again, our opinion might change in a few months. The more yeah. the more knowledge we get, the more we will share. But at this point in time, if you need a coll- if you need a protein powder, collagen to our best knowledge is the least processed yeah. and the least contaminated um, that we know of. So so remember, it's always a good, better, best thing, yeah. right? We're we're not gonna say that there's one true way and everything else is terrible, but there is good, better, best. Yes. Best in this situation would be like meat on the bone where you have that naturally occurring collagen right there or homemade, um, bone broth, bone broth. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Yep. All of that. Or you're eating, you know, three ounces of liver a week. Yes. But, and if you're not doing that, then you're taking it in a, in a, in a pill form. Right. You know? Yeah. Like we, we love the paleo Valley Oregon complex complex because it has Mm -hmm. liver, kidney, heart. It's gently freeze dried and encapsulated. Yeah. no, no weird fillers in there. Right. It's grass fed beef, by the right. way. So this is like high quality stuff. We love mm-hmm. it. And it's a lot easier to be honest than trying to trick our kids into eating liver. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, I mean, right. heart and kidney. Like, where do you even start with that? I know, right? that's, that's hard. We're not there yet. We're working on it. We're not there yet. Yeah. Um, okay. One, I need, I need to cover one last yes, thing. Go. Um, which is the argument that meat is, or animal products are acidifying and therefore Mm -hmm. bad for us. Mm -hmm. This was a big argument I heard all the time in my vegan days, which is that plants are alkaline, animal products are acid. Therefore you need to stay away from them because our systems are too acidic that there's not much to it guys. There's not, 
you can go and look at people who have been doing this carnivore diet for a long time. Some of them do blood testing. They don't have inflammation up the wazoo. Mm -hmm. They don't because they're eating really good sources of, of the meat. Right. Right. The other thing they're, they're, pH, which is measured by adding up all of your electrolytes and the ones that are on the positive side, the ones that are on the negative side, they have to balance each other out. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cause, it doesn't cause acidity there. Right. It doesn't put you in a negative, so to speak. Mm-hmm. What does though, you're breathing. All right. If you've yeah, done if a blood chem analysis with me, you've heard me do this spiel, but I always, 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 especially in women, I see low carbon dioxide levels. Mm-hmm. And that is a breathing issue, yeah. not a meat issue. Right. So if your system is too acidic, start breathing more. Mm-hmm. That's a total side note here. Yeah. But I, I wanted to address that, that concern. Your stomach is like the most acidic place in your body. Yeah. And all the food goes there first. It gets turned into this chyme, which is like a, a nutrient sludge. Yeah. And then it's absorbed into the rest of your body. Mm-hmm. That that's it. There, there's no acid being sent everywhere else. There's uric acid, mm-hmm. which in some people causes gout, which is very painful in your joints. But, but sugar causes that. But fructose specifically, right? Yeah. <laughs> fructose, having too much fructose is more likely to cause your gout. In my opinion, once again, I haven't actually looked that one up. Which the fructose? The fructose. No, yeah. it it. Abs- I mean, is, it's a is, direct is it, correlation. Is it, is it more likely than no, it's too like, much protein? Then, then more protein. I haven't actually compared those right. two. So that, but that's you eat fructose. A byproduct is yes. uh, is a as a formal aldehyde and uh-huh. a um, and um, uric acid. Right. Those are direct byproducts so, of fructose. So the aldehyde itself is problematic for your liver. Mm-hmm. The uric acid is. Uh, uh, causes kidney stones and right? gout. It's a, it's a problem <laughs> and gout. So, Yay. so having a ton of fructose in your diet, which by the way, high fructose corn syrup, standard American diet. Yeah. Right. And then adding to that high amounts of protein. Yeah. You're probably going to have a problem, right? You're going to have a problem. Totally. So anyway, that's enough on that way off. We need to end this. What else? Is there anything that we um, haven't covered yet? No, I, okay. think, I think that really, again, you guys, we don't want to villainize proteins. We, we, we just want to kind of give you the whole scoop on everything. Again, if you're eating healthy based proteins, please get your veggies in, mm-hmm. you know, please. I did a, 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 a post on my Instagram on, you know, how many servings of vegetables should people be eating a day? You guys, we should all be eating at least eight servings of vegetables. Mm -hmm. If you're on an extremely aggressive healing kick, you want more than that. Now, if you have digestive distress, Mm -hmm. that's going to be harder for you. That's why we need to address the digestion first. You can get too much fiber. It's true. Uh Or you don't have the gut biome to Mm -hmm. handle it, or you're not producing enough hydrochloric acid or digestive enzymes. And so it's creating more inflammation than it's actually healing. Mm -hmm. You know, again, everyone's case is so unique. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so this is why I wanted to do this episode, um, because people, um, they, they don't know what to believe anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, before we wrap up, someone asked me on Instagram, if liver is the organ oh, that yeah. cleanses you, 
um, and pulls out toxins, then isn't it toxic and isn't it dangerous? Well, no, I, I think what they specifically said is, isn't that where your body stores toxins? Toxins, right, right. right. No, as it turns out. So, so you guys, the liver produces um, substrates and it produces mm-hmm. chemicals to take those toxins and deliver them into your poop. Mm-hmm. So what actually stores toxins? It's your, it's your poop. And so yeah, or that's, your urine in, or, in a lot of urine, cases yes. and, and your fat cells. Mm-hmm. And so, um, if your liver is holding onto toxins, um, it is a very diseased liver. Like right. you're probably dying. Yes. And so, um, so does that mean that we need to overburden the liver? Absolutely not. No, like we need don't. to be very mindful of the chemicals that we put in and on our bodies and the chemicals that we inhale. Um, yeah. and, you, and support your digestion. Yes. One really good way to mess up your liver is to get messed up digestion. Well, and eat, foods that are very supportive towards the liver. There's mm-hmm. lots of foods that help clean the liver, help clean out the toxins. They mm-hmm. provide a vesicle mm-hmm. to pull toxins out, you know, and that's a lot of times that's fiber, mm-hmm. right? The fiber mm-hmm. from foods acts as the broom. Mm-hmm. And so the quicker you can get that poop out of you, the healthier you are. If you're constipated and I will, I've said this before and I'll say it again, you're marinating in your own poop. You know, you're marinating in your own toxins. So make sure you're pooping at least once, if not twice a day. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a really good way to help support your liver. Um, Not drinking alcohol is another way to support your liver. I mean, but you know, like there's, there's so many things. So it's not the liver. That's the problem. The liver is one of the most incredible organs, but it's not a trash can. Basically It, it, it creates the plastic, lining for the trash can Mm -hmm. so that you can, once it's filled up, you dump it outside. Right. So that being said, don't run out and buy liver from factory farmed cows and start eating that because there is a decent chance that there is a bunch of toxicity in that Mm -hmm. liver. Go get the grass fed liver. Yep. Pay extra for it. Mm -hmm. It's worthwhile. There's a reason why they give those cows antibiotics. Yeah. It's because those cows are extremely sick. Or they could become extremely sick mm-hmm. without the antibiotics, but then you have antibiotic issues with your liver. So right. don't don't do it. Don't do it. So so the the sourcing does matter. Um and and so that's the thing with the liver, you guys. That's it's a very controversial topic. Uh mm-hmm. is people are too scared to try liver. Um and and I think that's it. Now, one one last thing. Mm. If you are pregnant, mm-hmm. you need to be mindful of how much vitamin A you're getting. And liver is extremely high in vitamin A. You want to make sure you don't exceed that because too much vitamin A can cause birth defects. Yeah. So but don't get too mindful. low in vitamin A either because that's also problematic. Because that will also so. cause birth defects as well. So, um, so again, yeah, just be mindful. Do your research, you know, just take what we say and then, you know, apply what, what seems necessary in your life. Yeah. Again, this, we use this platform to just help you become your own health expert. We, we want you to find the system that works for you. Exactly. And if that's not our system, that's great. We don't care. We know lots of people who don't follow the same health philosophy we do and they're fantastic people. They do great. We, we don't try to kill each other when we come across no. each other. So, and we're not going to try to tell you that we are the only source of trustworthy information out there. That's exactly. ridiculous and kind of cultish to be mm-hmm. honest. And so, we don't have any stock in any animal companies. Not yet. So <laughs> I don't think we ever would. Mm. That's just too much work. But, um, but, but, 
yeah, take it or leave it. Hopefully you have learned something today that has been empowering. Mm -hmm. Um, It's giving you some food for thought as far as how do you go about healing your body. And that's it from us. Thank you, you everybody. We will talk to you next time. There you go. Bye. Bye.